0: all right well don't fucking go out there with alice cooper and all these people they'll turn you into bugs or whatever the fuck happened to that guy
1: hey everybody welcome back to another episode of underrated uh as usual we're going to be talking about some films that are under the radar that just pass most people by and you know what we want to talk about them we get right into it. So this this week we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness and as usual, my lovely co-hosts are here with me, Ariel Ortiz and Derek McDuff. Hey, how's it going? And yeah, so today we're going to get right into it. A uh, little movie, uh not a little movie actually. It uh, came out in 1987, Prince of Darkness, directed and written by John Carpenter. Uh, I think he went as uh Martin Quartermass for when he wrote it, you know, I guess to kind of change it up or something. But yeah, it came out in 1987, budgeted $3 million and made $14 million at the box office. So it was a fairly successful film. I mean, compared to his other films, but this movie stars Donald Pleasence. Uh, he's been in other films with John Carpenter before. Uh, there's one, I can't really think it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, Starman!
0: Starman—it's—it's
1: it, it's there somewhere. It's just you know I, I'll think about it later. Uh. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, they've done other films together, and uh, yeah, so this movie's about a priest played by Donald Pleasance, and he he gets a couple of um quantum physicists to come together to research this giant cylinder with this liquid in it that potentially will you end up finding out is a liquid. Version of Satan. So, right there and there, the plot's a little weird. Uh, this has been on my list for quite some time. Uh, I've been on kind of a John Carpenter binge as of late, and I had a couple movies in mind. I had Christine in mind. I had In the Mouth of Madness. And I was like, well, you know what? I really like Christine and I really liked In the Mouth of Madness. But I was like, you know what? Let me finish his Apocalypse trilogy with Prince of Darkness. And I just felt like this one was always kind of on the fence with a lot of people, cult-wise, reviews wise I think it has like a 50% on black tomatoes. So, yeah, because it was a little divisive. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys think of it first.
2: Um, before you start, uh, what were the other two um, apocalypse movies? I'm, I'm oh, interested. yeah,
1: I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, the apocalypse trilogy is starts with the thing, then it's Prince of mm. Darkness, and then it's uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Um,
2: so, so the it's thing a spiritual was trilogy.
1: This? Yeah, like a spir- yeah, you know, like the Three okay. Cornetos
0: trilogy kind of thing.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, don't yeah.
0: Like Wall- yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. So this is the second one in the trilogy. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it it really did feel like a John Carpenter movie, especially al- aligned with Halloween, particularly because just how the opening felt—it felt very much like Halloween. Yeah, yeah, behind you, um, Alan. Um, for the listeners out there, it felt very there much... a
1: visual gag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it felt very much like Halloween, especially with like the the credits and then the music that i did it ever stop not having like a musical cue in the background because it definitely did for the first like 20 minutes like kind of like similar to how but to a more i I don't want to say aggressive scale than halloween did because you know there's that whole and i'm sure it was written by john carpenter himself um
0: yeah
2: the score he did the music Um, as well yeah of course of course um which the music was good but i was just like this is like lasting a long time with this with this music but but um yeah (laughs) but it did very much feel like the the start with the exposition and stuff like that didn't definitely feel like halloween because of how, especially like even shots that are like of, of people walking, you get a lot of information and about these characters while they're walking to and from places. Um
0: The the classic and, Sorkin walk and talk.
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to like ask one question. It was. Are these students? These please tell me that they're like doctorate students because yeah, they think they say
0: they're graduate students. Yeah, okay. So that one dude, like the romantic lead guy. I was like, I was like, how old are you, man? You look like you're like fucking forty.
2: Yeah, like at least at least um the the um main core group of students they're students. I I don't know about I think the other ones might already be professionals that are already like you know tenured or or work you know at the school and stuff but it was it's a very interesting concept of a movie um definitely a john carpenter like of that era like with with this halloween poltergeist especially gave very much like poltergeist feels to it of of like um a uh, possession and then like being like stuck in a ha- in like one central like location and things like that oh, do um,
0: poltergeist did he that was spielberg right
2: yeah, he didn't
1: directed it. by Spielberg, okay. but it was uh Toby Hooper. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. No, but I'm saying like it has that kind of feel of that kind mm-hmm. of like error that that this movie existed mm-hmm. in. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and it was it was definitely an interesting story, kind of leaves it up. I I'm the, I don't think the I think everything's all good and stuff like that. I really don't think that like there's a looming kind of thing, but maybe he wanted to do a sequel, I don't know. But yeah, it is like a, a this this kind of like interesting take on defining like kind of satanic and demonic kind of things, you know. It it takes its its own like way and it, it and I appreciate that with like an interestingness of like I don't think the goo it's the goo never is never really like quite explained and I was really hoping that like they 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 reveal a lot to the audience through like you know these these scientists and and things like uh, and theologists like researching and cracking down this book and stuff but none of the information is actually shared among them like at least as at least what is shown on on what is sh- is shown to the audience especially with with what the theologist is like translating and stuff like that and, and with the symbol like they kind of make that jump of like oh the symbol it's it's a marking and stuff like that and then really I don't I didn't <laughs> it was kind of like a a, a, a suspension of, dis- of belief with the whole like oh this bruise like and it's like a full on like sickle marking kind of thing like oh this bruise like oh yeah I'm gonna like, lay down and stuff but it, it gets intense it gets intense with especially with the shooting of the water i was not expecting like a like how they describe it too gun. like <laughs> yeah like a squirt yeah. gun but then they ex- describe it it's like pinpoint like like they didn't see the wa- this this water gun shoot into this this woman's mouth but they know like they describe it as that without seeing it which is like kind of interesting of like Oh, pinpoint of energy! It, it's just like a pinpoint, a strike, and it's like, well, yeah, it's like a, it was a stream of water and stuff. Uh, but yeah, overall, interesting story. It was a really good uh, throw of the axe for for that that priest. You got to give him props oh, on, on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's the, Is he the the? doctor in, in the original Halloween? Is that who Yeah, he, he's Dr.
1: Loomis. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: okay, okay. So he kind of plays, like, a similar character in this one as well, with that kind of, like, he's the one that's, like, bring. he might not be, like, the, the um, the, I don't want to say, like, the specialist in this, but he somewhat is, but, I mean, like, he kind of, you kind of get that feel of, like, he's the one, like, kind of chasing after this bad, you know, the antagonist, which is like, you know, the Satan kinda keeping it in, in, intact and stuff like that. Uh I was very much I, I had a little laugh, but it was kinda like I had a little laugh with the with the red hand, the thick prosthetic red hand that was coming through the, the, the mirror. I was like, classic, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're just um, going
1: with, you know, trademark registered mm-hmm. Satan. Big yeah, red. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was really expecting like, like yeah, like and then you don't. I did, not like, I don't know. It's it's a very weird kind of with the whole uh, broadcasting thing too. That that kind of uh, kind of was, was so... like a foil of being frustrating to me because it's like you know that this there's this message being sent to you guys, but none of you are staying asleep. Like you guys should like stay asleep. Don't wake up. Don't wake up. Get the full message and stuff. So it's yeah. the
0: opposite of a fucking Freddy movie. You gotta go to sleep. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Go exactly. to sleep. Uh, but but overall enjoyable movie. Um, I don't I don't think it was like a Carpenter best. Like I mean, like if you're talking about the Coronado trilogy. Uh, I don't know how the third one is, but this for me is giving off like w- at world's end vibes. Ironically,
1: I can or- agree with that. I-, I agree with that a lot. Um, if I were to rank them personally, it would be like, you know, Prince of Darkness at the bottom in the mouth of madness second. And then the masterpiece, the thing easily mm-hmm. like. But yeah, but but uh, what, what do you think, Derek?
0: Yeah, no, I, I dug this movie. I mean. I think that, you know, if Alan, you going into it sight unseen, um, I don't. I was like, did Alan know like that he would be like, oh, this is a movie where it's like all about like religion and science and how they interact. And I was like, you know, that's fucking catnip for me. I had me. no idea. I had no <laughs> idea. I
1: was like, it has J- Donald Pleasance. And I was like, I'm in. That was it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it like, you know, like
2: the, the religion and science, like, like poltergeist, you know, just kind of like.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Random, out there kind of feel, but it was interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, anytime you have that, anybody who's like a time listener of this show, like, will know that you know, I how fucking hard I like lost my shit for for Prometheus when it was all about, like, ooh, this is science and this is religion and how do they interact and what does it mean? And this is very much that, but in like a cheesy '80s horror sci-fi supernatural thriller type deal. It felt a lot like he had seen. Uh, John Carpenter was like, this is going to be my version of The Exorcist, because it has a lot of those same Mm -hmm. themes, how you have the Mm -hmm. the priest in The Exorcist, and how he's like a scientific priest, and it's like, okay, well, what does Exorcism mean scientifically? And this is kind of trying to find a lot of not hard scientific reasons but like scientific reasons for like oh the devil and it's of course it's it's through the 80s science view like they kind of like the way that ghostbusters was scientific it's like oh we've got the goo the stream of goo and ghostbusters 2 running beneath new york city and this was like ah satan he's in a goo cylinder and it's like all right cool like you know but i did enjoy the the cheesy 80s of it also interacting with the like oh, well, yeah, this is just kind of like this interesting parable about like religion and science and how they interact with each other and they don't need to be at odds against each other while also having just all the, the tropes that you love of a good 80s movie. It is definitely not the up to the, the level of, you know, his masterpiece, as Alan correctly put it, with The Thing, which I think is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, but it's it's also i think a lot better than some other of his movies like if you love ghost of mars great but it's not a movie that i'm gonna revisit
1: (laughs) i agree with that i agree with that oh my god yeah i I, 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 I saw that movie and like when i came out and i do not remember anything about it i was like i'm sick to (laughs) halloween
0: but yeah it's you know i like that it was a slow burn um other than Donald Pleasance, I I can't really say that the actors are great, but um, for oh, the most yeah. part, I I thought their characters. You gotta give except- props
2: to one guy. You gotta give props to the black dude though. He like
0: yeah, he was great. Yes, he awesome. was. He was great. And it was nice to see Victor Wong, um, who is the uh, kind of the you know the other side of the coin to Donald Pleasance's priest, as him being the kind of the scientific guy, um, and him just kind of be. It's nice to see him in a role that wasn't like. Trading on you know him being an Asian actor, it was, he was just you know which is you know for the eighties I thought was pretty progressive and cool. uh Unfortunately, there is another Asian character that feels like a big stereotype. That was my least favorite part of the movie, and all the jokes and stuff that he was making was like, oh man, this is this is pretty dated. Um, girl, yeah, very, yeah.
2: Asian, I don't it was, or was she Filipino? Like is, I don't, I don't understand. It, <laughs> sure. I, I think
1: I, I think uh, it's it's just like Derek said. I think it's a dated thing, which is hilarious because I felt the film was pretty diverse. Like mm-hmm. you had a lot of different people in it, but that character, uh, I forgot to say, I think I want to say Walter, he was just like, I, I don't know what the fuck, I, I think, I think the jokes probably landed back in 1987, but mm-hmm. that, the, the, mm-hmm. the Jew joke with the, um, with the Zulu warrior, I was like, fuck that is. Yeah. Whoa.
0: That was it dated. felt that was like they dated. sucked all the '80s like dated stuff and out of all the other characters and just put put them right into that guy. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, when at the end he was alive, I was like, huh. I was kind of hoping you would die.
2: No, but <laughs> then also like he runs away like at the first sign of like as, like he could escape, and I really thought like I was not going to put it past him. I was expect like I was not going to be surprised if he just ran off, didn't tell anybody, just went back. Or whatever, like you know, and I, I was really surprised that oh, he did get the cops. Okay, And probably he, maybe he didn't though too. Maybe the yeah. co- the other people called the cops or whatever. But yeah.
0: But yeah, I did enjoy also the different genre elements that all kind of got mixed in. And I think that, you know, Carpenter is somebody who's done this with the thing where it is, you know, a horror movie, but it's also definitely got some sci-fi in it. And this one is a horror movie, but then you have the, like, like we're talking about the the dreams that are actually like recorded messages from the future. And you have such a good payoff with that in the end. And, you know, I really love, obviously, when you kind of, Take a little bit from this genre and take a little bit from this genre. It felt like a really good grab bag of different 80s genre tropes from all kinds of different like, ooh, here's horror sci-fi and here's horror like religious stuff. And here's horror, the stuff with the Ghostbusters, like with the goo. And um, yeah, it felt it was it was a really good time. Uh, this is not a movie, you know, that I would have sought out on my own. So I'm really glad that you, te- uh, you know, had us watch this one and recommend it. Because of all the 80s Carpenter stuff that I would watch, you know, I would probably even watch something like Starman ahead of this. So I'm really glad I got a chance to check it out here.
2: You know, it kind of gets vibes of, of another movie that we discussed on here of like, but kind of doing it for from the start of of like Sunshine you know how like it turned into that horror movie but like but there's like a science horror like movie before that I think hmm. like this kind of like melded <laughs> kind of like in its own way like melded those two sides of that movie together co- a little bit maybe like cohesively in my opinion but maybe not at the quality but but melded it melded those two halves of that movie okay <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of like what I, what I kind of get, get feels yeah. of like you know. And I did
0: it... I did really like the final girl in this. She was one of the young actors that I I thought was more solid at least than a lot of the other young actors. Other than uh, was it Sully from Brooklyn Nine Nine? Even though he's still yes. bald, yeah, I was neat. like, wait a minute, that's fucking that's fucking Sully. And then you Which you way, know, also... yeah, he's the bald guy. He's the he's the student. That's the bald guy.
2: Like, you okay. stabbed in
1: the eye. He got seven Oh, in the eye.
2: Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. No. That's why I'm like the I, I don't remember. <laughs> He's the one that, yeah, gets like squirted last. Or no, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: I think so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they have those gonna you know, good slasher tropes, they're kinda of getting taken out one after the other. But, you know, the quote unquote slasher in this was just kind of like the infection and they're each kind of like coming under this, and then you have the... You know, they're all trapped in the house. You've got that classic, like, oh, you can't leave this place because otherwise fucking Alice Cooper is outside. Uh, oh, who, he got, that's he, what
2: I was about to say. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, was it Alice Cooper? That was fucking it Alice...
0: Because I saw the opening credits. I was like, Alice fucking Cooper. It and was it reminded Alice me, Cooper.
2: Okay, all right. I was it like... It reminded I'm me like...
0: of another movie yeah. we talked about, which is another 80s movie, another cheesy 80s movie, which was uh, Runaway, which had Gene Simmons as the, like, bad mm-hmm. guy because they were just... Both have these, like, great, you know, looks that they do. Obviously, Cooper's role is a lot smaller in this, but he was still able to give that, like, spooky stage look that he had. And it's like, all right, well, don't fucking go out there with Alice Cooper and all these people. They'll turn you into bugs or whatever the fuck happened to that guy. So some really creative, like, deaths and kills in the ways that you would see mm-hmm. people get kind of, like, taken apart. I thought the stuff with the mirror at the end was so cool when she, she you know, gets sucked into that mirror dimension. And that means and ambiguous it was like oh was this always going to happen was that always her or did it change like did now it's it's still in, in the far-off year of 1999 <laughs> that was the funniest shit in the world Which, like, why
2: did they have to list it in the year 1999? Yeah, one like, nine 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 it's like i guess nine. to like because like, like it just, that's but, how they like, like, talk yeah in the future, because Ariel. like they released <laughs> a number each time that that there was like a, a dream like the first stream yeah. was like in the year one and then the second one was in the year one nine and then the yeah and so on and so forth
0: yeah so some re- some really cool stuff so all in all i think you know just a really fun goofy 80s just kind of and in a way that you can't really i feel like make a lot of horror movies like this anymore where there is a lot of just like build up and build up and build up before you they're ch- laying the tracks and letting you know what's going on you know would start with like a cold open of like, oh, somebody getting attacked or something. And this is kind of just like, all right, here's the story. You're just gonna go out on your own pace. And I, I did appreciate that. But Alan, this is your pick. You haven't really spoken too much on it. What what did you have to say about it?
1: Well, um it was really Cause I had recently rewatched They Live and then I watched Christine. And then I was—I had seen in the Mouth of Madness, and I, that had been on my list for a while for, to do on the show. And it was kind of popular enough to, you know, you can't really get away with. And and then it, it, Christine, I was kind of like, I feel like those, are, liked you know, those it a lot. are
0: underrated. People like those movies a lot. People talk about those movies all the time. I yeah, like. I mean
1: Christine—it's a Stephen King adaptation, so I was like, okay, better knock it out. And then it kind of came down to In the Mouth of Madness or Prince of Darkness. And I was like, well, In the Mouth of Madness kind of has a bigger following. So I was like, I'll go with Prince of Darkness. I'll be honest. I I enjoyed the film. It was cool. I thought it was just like like you guys were saying, there's a lot of buildup. And I think I had a different mindset going in. I I thought I was expecting a little bit more. I don't know. I guess I was expecting a little bit more Carpenter, maybe because I was seeing so many of his movies recently, where like a lot of action-y. shit goes on.
2: Actioning, yeah, yeah, actioning. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, and and I dug it though. Like I I dug it. I think it is probably going to be one of my mm-hmm. least favorites. You know, I'm not trying to like throw it under the bus or anything, but I mean, there's other bangers, of course that that we've already said. But I dug it. I, I like that they were trying to go for like a religion science thing. And I really did appreciate the slow burn. That's just the only thing I have this weird thing with slow burns is that I love them, but the anticipation builds and builds and builds and builds and builds where I go, Oh man, this better fucking knock it out of the park kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt it teased too much. I I felt like I just, I I know it was probably a lot of less is more, but I just want a little bit more. I just wanted a little bit more because, you know, we we've seen, what John Carpenter can do with suspense. I mean, Halloween mm-hmm. is easily one of the, the greatest films of all time and it's known for its suspense and, and that big final climax. And then you have the thing where he just fucking throws it at you. It just keeps giving you more and more and more and just turns up, you know, the, the amp passing 11. And then within the mouth of badness, I felt like that was a little bit more balanced to where, I had a bit of a slow start, but it had like a creeping feeling to it. I felt very Stephen King-ish in that in that sense. And then it went really kind of um HP uh, Lovecraft around the end. But but this one I was kind of like, okay, I felt like he wanted to really slow it down. And I think he was probably trying to do something a little bit more slow paced, where he's like, okay, you guys know me for this and this, Salt Precinct 13, they live and etc. And I did read a little bit behind it where there's, where some people think it's like a parable of like the AIDS epidemic that was happening at the time. And that, that even the, the Asian character that we were kind but of I discussing about, that, 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 like, you know, he was literally locked. Yeah. The comments and that he's locked in a closet almost, you know, and like women are there, like guard, like mm-hmm. holding a man and they're like, the, there's a article saying that like, Oh, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it, it was a it was a parable in like the what was going on at the time. So I was like, okay, I, I see that. I think it was one of those movies where I thought maybe I maybe I hyped myself up a little too much going into it because I was like, man, I love carpenter and stuff. So hearing you guys talk about it a little bit more is kind of building a little bit more perspective for me. Where I'm like, I did enjoy it. I really dug it. The acting was cheesy as hell. You know, Donald Pleasance was great. I felt like the main romantic male lead was really trying to be like Tom Atkins from the time uh, Tom Atkins fucking absolutely killed, her, you know, Halloween 3. was really big in the 80s. Same thing, big old mustache. He sleeps with somebody way younger. And Yeah, uh, I was like, those <laughs> age gaps
0: make me a little uncomfortable. Like, how old is this guy supposed
2: to be? How old is this girl? Yo, they go, looked go about on. the same age, didn't <laughs> they? Oh, they did. I mean, to me, I felt like this Kinda. guy was like 40 and they she was like kind 20. Of. Yeah, kind
1: mm-hmm. of. So go watch, go watch Halloween three, and you'll see how fucking big the discrepancy is. Of like mustache clad dude is probably hitting fifty almost, and the girl is barely nineteen, maybe. But that that's that's another underrated movie for another day. But yeah, I I, I dug it. I, I think it was one of those movies you kind of have to sit with. I, I felt like I felt like I just needed a little bit more. I know it was mm-hmm. my pick, and I went in yeah. blind. But I was like, man, I just want more. I I love the concepts and I love the ideas he was trying to go for. Mm. And I felt other films did it a little bit better, like Event Horizon. And like you were saying, Ariel, you know, if you were to pair them up. Yeah, Sunshine. Like if you were to pair them up, Mm. I think you can watch Prince of Darkness like as a bundle with Mm. Sunshine or you can watch Prince of Darkness with Event Horizon. Mm. And if you really want to just fucking enjoy your night. Like, really, just have a ball of the time. Just want to just watch Sunshine and Event Horizon.
0: Well, you know, Alan, you're talking a lot about, you know, how this movie is kind of like Carpenter, like very Carpenter esque. And um, one thing I was thinking of is, you know, with the thing, it's a Herald as a classic now, but at the time, like, audiences and critics didn't like it. it took it took mm-hmm. a good amount of time for people to really come around to that movie. And kind of as a result of it being, you know, getting its initial reputation, that's why he had to go make Starman a very kind of like light and nice, fun, quote unquote, alien movie, a very, you know, not a movie you would think of as a Carpenter movie, like a, a sweet movie with Jeff Bridges romance, uh, alien movie. But then I think around because this was a set, this came out about five years after the thing, or maybe a little bit more, and it feels like this is this is the time when people maybe are starting to reassess it, it's been a little bit of time, and now he's like, okay, I can go back to the well, I can start doing again, the thing that I've been known for, the thing, you know, like, kind of do this spiritual follow-up to the thing, and now that I'm, and he's gonna really double down, he's like, I did, he's like, it's the one for you, one for me, you know, so he's like, I did the thing that was for me, I did Starman that was for you guys, and now I'm back to doing the Prince of Darkness, which is for me. And then I don't know, you know, what came in between this and if there was another one for them, but then, you know, he finished off, his did his last one for me uh, when he did In the Mouth of Madness. Um, So that was just something I was thinking about a lot as I was watching this.
2: Totally,
1: I I can totally see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like Carpenter is definitely a director who loves to do his thing. And I, I do agree that. I think it's a lot of, like, I, 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 do one for you. I do one for me. Cause, hmm. you know, I, I felt like Halloween was very, I'm doing one for you. It would, it's never hmm. been, you know, for him. Because as, as amazing as that film is, I, even just hearing, seeing like documentaries about the making of Halloween, he always just kind of seems like he's like, yeah, you know, I fucking did it. And, you know, like he doesn't like making his claim to fame. Like he, I feel like he has other projects that he's like, I love doing that much more than Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: pretty, you know, there's a whole process to it. You know, you can go watch our Netflix uh, uh, movies that made us kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then and they go into them for Halloween. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like Prince of Darkness and Mouth of Madness, especially the thing where films where he was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to put in. You know, he did the, I, I, th- I don't think he did the music for the thing, but like when he puts it as all, you know, I'm pretty sure he did put, put his all as much as he can into Halloween. I mean, masterpiece. And and I know Deborah Hill was probably a big part of that as well. You know, big shout out to her. But I feel like Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness were truly films that he's like, I want to do. Like this is what mm-hmm. I want to do. This is what I want to throw out. And, and they live as well. I feel like they live as, as a big kind of like Twilight Zone kind of film. And it just, you know, the message is, pretty obvious in that film but yeah prince of darkness i feel like he was he was definitely trying to like do something different he was really trying to like prove his chops as a filmmaker and the music was fantastic like he's a great musician he you know i still listen to his music nowadays you know he's had three albums yeah now um i'm you know, escaping for the moment but um uh, lost themes all three of them are absolute bangers and all of them should be themes for so many films in their own right. So I feel when he, when he wants to do something, he puts it as all and he really gives it, especially since he wrote this one, he, he wrote this one. So yeah, I, there, there's, I feel like there's a certain appreciation for it. You have to give into it. I feel like some directors, they go in doing what they want to do. And even if, you know, it doesn't hit, that high that you really want because you know of other films that they've made before. There's still an appreciation to it because you know they did it from the heart and they are like, I want her to do this for me. Mm -hmm.
0: So I guess in that, yeah. 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 It feels like a quintessential cult classic. Like if you were to describe somebody like, what's like a cult classic from the 80s look like where it's just kind of like grungy and dirty and fucking weird and it's got all these different ideas and just all this mix of different stuff and it's a movie that's, really under the radar and just got kind of some great performances and some really not good performances and there's things that are that are really dated like all of that I feel like are the the components of a quote-unquote cult classic that might not hit like might not be a quintessential classic like the thing but it's still a movie that I think is like especially if you're like somebody who's like I'm a completionist I want to go back and watch all these weird things that came out in the eighties that kind of defined the genre. I feel like this is on the checklist,
2: yeah, That's yeah, cool. and i'm i I feel uh oh going back to to something that that um you said earlier Alan of like it kind of feeling like the movie you kind of were expecting something or expecting more I think i i I was too especially with the whole like um R- resolution of like the antichrist in a in a way i guess you can say like i was very much expecting like yeah like a rosemary's babies situation there especially with like it, the you know the the girl essentially becoming pregnant but i guess like it gets like reabsorbed into her but i was really like thinking like oh it's like pregnant and then it's like feeding off of her and it wasn't until like she went back flat stomach where i was thinking like oh and then the now the baby's like it 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 got delivered or whatever like that and then like this is like gonna be the you know like an antichrist kind of figure but to kind of turn that on its head and and in in a way of like oh no it just like the liquid built up in her i think that they described it and then it got reabsorbed in her and then she like like metamorphosed kind of like into Uh, being that was of the fly that came before the fly um in a way and so that was an interesting take and i i think that it might have hit a bit better if it went in that direction of like a rosemary baby kind of situation um you might have been able to get a little bit more bloodier and like intense if you like kind of include like a delivery kind of scene in that kind of way and then you have these like two women who are become kind of like midwife kind of figures and Taking that kind of imagery away, uh, 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 in a way, and stuff like that, but I do find it interesting. Yeah, like I, I do see it. If it if it was meant for that uh, interpretation or metaphor for for AIDS, especially with like, I don't know. It's possible that that um, the Asian guy was possibly why he acts that way. All kind of more like anti, like you know, uh, anti feminist. Of of kind of like trying to like hide his his sexuality in a way maybe you could kind of see that see that way as well and and yeah like looking back on that you you could interpret the movie a completely different direction with that too so so yeah it is definitely it felt yeah like the way that you guys are saying of like a a very. Original idea from Carpenter and like feeling like yeah like he he had like um a story to to tell and and I think he he did it his way in a way and um and so yeah so yeah
0: yeah and I think Alan so this is this is why I'm always kind of afraid to do a pick blind because I'm like what if I don't like it you know not saying that you know that you didn't like this it was bad or anything but I'm always like uh, like because I was thinking about doing that for when we have come up for a miniseries. And I like, was like, I'm going to watch it first. And I'm like, I'm really glad I watched it because I did not like that movie at all. So I'm always like, I think that's why I did it once and, I'm all, and I worked out okay. But I'm always a little cautious when it comes to just like jumping in blind and to making these picks. So I'm, I'm always curious to see when you do it because you've had pretty good luck in the past. Um, I feel like with just like, you know, having some really good bangers without a side unseen. Um, but, you know, I think this one maybe didn't hit the same way as we were expecting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, it is, again, you know, I, I like, I guess I'm a gambling man in that, in that essence, as I like to just kind of go in with like, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, you know, my expectations mm-hmm. are, you know, because I felt like that when because because, again, when I was watching a couple of movies past couple of weeks, I was like, I really want to do Carpenter really bad. And I was like, I'll do Christine, I'll do Math Madness and stuff. And, and I was like, damn, those are all great. But I was like, you know what? Let, let's go one more time. Let's go all in. And yeah, it's not my favorite, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, it's a great film to discuss. And I felt with, like Christine when I finished it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really enjoyed it. That one I felt would have been much more. It's very much different to what I think a lot of people would have thought of. I think we all would have walked in watching that film with specific expectations because when i finished it i was like wow that was not what i expected you know Mm -hmm. you you think of christine as like killer haunted car it's a goosebumps episode it writes itself (laughs) but when you watch it you're like oh this is way fucking different than what i thought like it is not that whatsoever yeah there's some killer car sequences but there's such there's there's a lot More to it, where I was like, "Yeah, this could have been very. It it could have really gone one way or the other." Mm -hmm. So I went with this one because I was kind of like, "You know what? Fuck it, man. This this feels way more of like a wild card because even even in the community, it still feels like it's kind of down there compared to the other films, other Carpenter films." But I dug it. I I enjoyed it. You know, I like the discussion we've had, and. Yeah, sometimes they're not all bangers, but I love doing going in blind, and I think also too. I just, I, I guess it's kind of the way of when like, I don't know. I guess it's also a question to to pose for everybody, uh, you guys and the listeners. I, I I always kind of think about this a lot. When you go into a film, do you do you go into a film like let's say you know whatever's out right now? Like last night, me and Ariel went to go see Black Phone. And I had expectations about it. And I said, oh, okay, well, it's Joe Hill. I love Joe Hill's writing. And, you know, it's based on one of his short stories. And I was like, I have certain expectations for it. And I walked out and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. But it didn't hit what I wanted. Like, it, it was a fantastic film. It's really good go out and watch it. But there was just one little thing where I was like, this could have been better. This could have been better. But I feel like a lot of people that go into films nowadays go into films wanting to be disappointed. Like I I feel like with this one, I didn't want to go in. I just went in blind. And I think sometimes going in blind, again, it's a wild card, so you don't know what's going to happen. I didn't see any trailers. All I knew was Donald Pleasance, John Carpenter, part of the Apocalypse Trilogy. So when you guys go watch a movie, what expectations do you typically have? Do you go, I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy this. Or do you just go... Man, the trailer looked kind of dog shit. I guess I'll fucking watch it.
2: It depends for me. I feel like uh, I there's some things that like I can't help myself from having a, like not I don't want to say excitation but um like an excitement for and that comes from the Marvel movies. Um but even with me like watching all, the, all these theory um videos and stuff like that I don't mind that, you know, it takes a different direction because, like, it still brings me excitement and stuff like that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, overall, I don't really have too many expectations. Like, I go in not blind. Like, I don't... I watch trailers. But, mm. uh, you know, trailers usually don't... Unless it's, a, like, a really clearly bad movie. And um uh they don't... um they don't like affect me like in my enjoyment of movie and and stuff like that or like affect my expectation for me watching movies watching a movie and it isn't until i'm I'm in the world and 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 experiencing the movie itself where i start to form opinions and yeah that's how i I approach movies and i think that for me that makes some makes movies overall a lot more enjoyable I don't re- I'm not really crit-, crit like a very um critic driven kind of person when it comes to movies. I just like it whether it it takes a lot to take me out of a movie. It-, it it has to be like really bad writing and not the point not the point of like making it you know it making it funny because of the bad writing. It has to be like really bad writing. Like, famously, at least for myself, personal, personally, famously, like for me, the movie, the worst movie in the, like, that I've ever watched is Fanforstick. And to, because that kind of drove me to, to like rewrite the movie in my head, like from uh, the three minute walk from walking out of the theater into the car to like, th- this is how the movie should have gone or something like that you know um so yeah so yeah for me me um don't take much much stride in myself because you know i'm not a critic um i just find enjoyment in movies and overall and i think that's what the pureness of of movies should be it should be just don't take yourself seriously like you know don't take just enjoy a movie and stuff like that and i did enjoy this movie it it has its weird points but that's that's like part of the charm and you just have to i guess find the charm in every movie and you'll enjoy it
0: so yeah yeah and I, I think i think you're really hitting on something alan when you're talking about you think that a lot of people go into movies not wanting to enjoy them and i think that's really a big result of the, just kind of the YouTube age, the internet age that we live in, where there's things like honest trailer, or not even honest trailers, stuff like um, movie sins, where it's just like they, yeah, there's so Sims, many, yeah. yeah, fucking, so many people just want to just tear movies apart. We're like, well, the plot holes and this didn't make sense and this didn't make sense, and you know, it's like you're saying, Ariel, just fucking go in and enjoy a movie. And I, I try to go in with as few expectations as possible, which is kind of impossible sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I do go in with really high expectations for a movie for something I'm really excited for. Like, I watched Prey last night, and it fucking delivered. It was fucking great. I loved everything about it. It felt exactly what I would wanted to see in a Predator movie in a way that hasn't been done since the 80s. And, you know, I try to avoid trailers as much as I can. And, you know, I do think sometimes, though, you... Movies, you know, the expectations will really affect the way you watch a film because I try to go in as clean slate as possible. I, I will be excited about movies sometimes. A good example of one is when I saw Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic Park One is one of my favorite movies of all time. I even like the first Jurassic World and the trailers for this movie, because I try not to watch trailers, but sometimes it's just fucking impossible to get away. You can't watch a Birkin commercial or a fucking like without seeing a Tyrannosaurus Rex show up. And I was really excited for that. And the movie did not deliver on any of the things that looked so fucking good from the trailers. But I still was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this movie as a cool throw. It's it's not a good movie, but I'm still going to have fun with it for what it is. It's still a fun fucking monster movie with these characters that I love. And I had a good time with it. And probably the same thing with people are tearing Thor, Thor apart, Thor 4 cuz yeah it's t- i love thor i love taika waititi and it's not as good as thor 3 if i if i hold it to the expectations that i had going in it's not it's not what i wanted but is it still a good movie yes it's still enjoyable and i've been doing a thing too recently where i'm just going with a group of friends and just kind of seeing these smaller indie movies that i don't even there's not even really released trailers they don't even i don't i know almost next to nothing Like, I saw this movie a couple weeks ago called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I had no idea what this was. I just knew it was about fashion, and it was about Paris. And I went in.
2: It looks like a fun movie.
0: It is so goddamn good. This movie, Mm -hmm. I was delightful. All right, It was like, you know, the way people always talk about like Paddington and shit like that. Like, oh, it just Mm -hmm. being such a warm. Very much Paddington
2: feel. Mm -hmm. And
0: it really was. I didn't know anything about it, so I had no expectations going in. And it just it warmed my heart so much. And I think with this movie, too. I think the reason that I am maybe, you know, well, I had a really, really good time with it, maybe more than you guys, I don't know, is because I just, I didn't have any, I'm not a John, like a big John Carpenter guy like you, Alan, I didn't, like, hold to these high, you know, standards, like, I love the thing, you know, but I don't even, I like, I like Halloween, but I'm not even a huge, huge Halloween guy, so I was like, alright, it's gonna be a cheesy 80s movie, it's gonna have some weird stuff in it, and that's what I got, I got exactly what I kind of went in with my, not low expectations, but tempered expectations. And I do think that can make a lot of difference, and it is something that is, you know, hard to control your expectations or or your you know anticipation of a movie, and it is something that vastly affects it. And I think it is something that will, you know, does affect the critical scores and the box office returns and all of these other things for a movie. You know, Top Gun. I'm just going. Through, I'm just giving all these examples, but that's another one. People were I That's a movie that I enjoyed, and if I had just gone in and watched that movie blind, I think I would have liked it a lot more than I did, but it's been just hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped all summer. I finally saw it, I was like, that was a fun movie. It didn't live up to the hype, though. So this, this hype machine that is created by the studios and by just the general public and everything is definitely a double-edged sword where sometimes it can be really good and it can drive people to go see the movies, but sometimes it can really sour sour your experience on a movie and i think that you kind of have to go in and i'm not saying like turn your brain off but kind of go in and enjoy a movie for what it is and just kind of be like this is the experience that i'm having this jurassic park movie is not the jurassic park film that i wanted to see but i'm going to like it for what it is Mm -hmm. exactly like i try and go
1: in like with this one like i said you know i enjoyed christine and in the mouth of man is much more But I still went in this going, it's a John Carpenter film, and I'm still going to dig it. Even if I'm not like, oh my God, it's my favorite. I'm like, I still dug it for what it is. And just like when we went to go see Black Phone last night, I had expectations, but I was like, enjoy what... Instead of nitpicking, take the things you love about it. Like, there was Mm -hmm. a lot of great scenes in Black Phone where I was like, oh shit, that was terrifying. That was emotionally Mm -hmm. raw, et cetera, et cetera. So when I walked out of it, I was still like, I still felt like I got my worth out of it. I, I just feel like if I were to show this film to just like any, like a random person, especially with like how you're saying where, where, where now it's kind of like, let's talk the fucking shit out of all these movies nowadays. They e- easily would have been like, damn this movie's solid, and it's boring and it's fucking cheesy and Da, 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 they, they would go with certain expectations or not expectations, but they would immediately just want to destroy it. And one thing that I kind of criticize a lot of people about is I'm like, okay, you're going in with that expectation or you're going in with like, this movie's going to suck. You saw the trailer. Why are you watching? And, and it was kind of a discussion that Ariel, Ariel and I had last night where a buddy of ours, Fred was like, Oh man, I love The Son of the Mask. He was fucking loving the shit out of that he I don't know, you know, he he gets into these weird wild ideas. And he was like, "Have you seen it?" And I was like, "I refuse to watch it. I don't want to watch it because if the trailer looks like shit, then I'm not going to have a good time and why am I going to spend my time or waste my time?" Kind of thing. So I kind of beg the question for a lot of people out there listening, like if you see the trailer and it looks like shit to you, why do you have to go see it and then just walk out of it with those expectations of like, it looked like dog shit, I saw dog shit, it is dog shit kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's my only kind of criticism with I guess movie going. I kinda of went on like a random rant. Uh but this movie just kind of made me think about that when I was watching it throughout, where I was like, God, I can't imagine what some people would think about it. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but just some specific people I guess. But yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I really I really feel like I don't personally. I don't. I I've never really gone on hype trains, specifically Avatar. I talking about know, the blue people, I'll, right? Yeah, dance, dancing with Smurfs. Um, okay. but but yeah, like I never really like it, it was getting big hype, big hype, big hype. But I still went in in it just like kind of calmly and stuff like that, and yeah like it's like yeah it's dancing with with smurfs um it's okay uh i i don't get the hype of it especially like i'm I, I it's just like yeah it astounds me with uh how like even people are like so hyped for the second one and the third one it's like okay <laughs> you, no. you could enjoy your thing i enjoy them Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy it, it, it for what it is, but I, it's like, like it, it always surprises me with it being the top grossing movie of all time. But, mm-hmm. but um, but well, I, yeah. <laughs> on the
0: flip side of that too, I think you know, the whole James Cameron thing is, you know, I, with, like for example, Titanic. That's a movie I went back on. I looked when I had it on Letterbox. I had it like three stars because I think I was in that mindset of like. Oh my God, like Avatar was the number of movie of all time. It's not that great. Uh, Titanic was before that and it's just won all the Oscars. James Cameron, so fucking annoying, you know, like just all this stuff. He's like, I'm the king of the world. And just like it's so. It, I was caught up in like the, like the negativity of it. It was just like everybody loving this movie and it had a big backlash. And then I went and rewatched it for another podcast I was on. And just watching Titanic it as a movie. Or,
2: or Avatar. Uh, Titanic.
0: Titanic. Okay. And yeah. just watching Titanic as a movie. I was like, this movie's fucking great.
2: Yeah, Titanic and, is great. Titanic and when I was able to, was well, that's what I was saying, Like all this yeah. other
0: stuff was affecting me and my perception mm-hmm. of the movie and my remembrance of it. And then when I just went and watched it, this it's so fucking good. Mm. It's it's almost perfect. If it wasn't, I fucking hate that last scene where she throws it in the ocean. But yeah. like other than that, I, it's a fucking banger of a movie. And mm-hmm. I and you know be, and it's impossible to keep your prejudices and your perceptions out of watching a film sometimes and sometimes that can be a very negative thing like affect you negatively watching movies sometimes you can elevate it and sometimes you can you know push it down um so it, it's really interesting to see the way that that works i think
1: i agree with you with that i, I totally agree with you with that because i have fallen for that like the, the i guess the negative height like you were saying like top gun maverick i've never seen the original top gun and i It's just it's one of those movies where I was like, I'll get to it one day. I'm not in a rush. And it's not because I think it's not going to be good. It's just I'm like, "Eh, I just don't want to watch it right now. Like, I'll get to it one day and that's fine. But yeah, I I totally get you about how you're going with the mindset as well. So I guess that kind of answers my question is I feel like. Yeah, I guess people just go into a movie just hoping to be disappointed and hoping that that's what it's like now with like Marvel, you know, Marvel was marvel's been you know king as of recent for a while now and now it's kind of being the cool thing to be like fuck mm-hmm. these marvel movies mm-hmm. fuck the mm-hmm. show fuck this and it's kind of like now becoming that negative hype it's kind of what happens with uh horror franchises i mean you kind of touch back on to the horror paradigm activity there's like fucking so many of them the first one was iconic for when it came out and then the second one came out, and I felt that one was really fucking good. It was superior to the first. But then all oh, these sequels came out. All these sequ- oh, today mm-hmm. they just announced another Saw,
2: yeah, and I'm like, That's what I was about they- to say.
1: Who else mm-hmm. wants to see these? Like, I felt like Saw had great hype in the in the late 2000s. The first three were really good, and they were solid. But now it's like, okay, they keep bringing them out, bringing them out, bringing them out. I understand that type of negative hype where you're like, please stop, like we're done with this. And, there's other, and and people just love to get into that. Oh, my God, they're making another one. Ugh, I can't wait to go watch this and shit on it. And I'm like, the, why bother then? Just mm-hmm. don't go watch it. Go something else. Go watch yeah. something
2: else. Yeah, you know what, what's the purest, unfortunately? I don't know. I don't want to say unfortunately, but the purest franchise, I think, is the, the Fast and the Furious movies because they know what they are. The, the audience knows what they are. They just watch it, and it, it, it's it's like it. They they're not they're not incredible movies, of course. They're but but it's just. That's like I think is like the the fan the series of movies fandom whatever you want to call it that is the most pure I think of of like things like because like you could shit on it but they they shit on it but it's like in a fun way it's like annoying way like they like they're going to fucking space like it, it's just like the ridiculousness they embrace and i think that that moviegoers need to be like that it even in like crit- critical movies like just enjoy it just find that pure joy of movie and and i really think that that that's like the purest kind of like audience is that is that franchise.
0: Yeah, and honestly, that's that's why I, I love doing this show, is because I want to go into a movie, liking a movie, and want to re-examine all of these movies that, you know, because of a certain perception, because of a certain outlook, because it might be dated, or it might have been ahead of its time, or it might have just not hit in the right way, going, re-examining it and saying, well... Because of all these factors, this movie doesn't get the, the credit it deserves. And we're going to go in and re-examine it and say, hey, it deserves a second look. This is actually why it's great. And so that's why I love coming on here every other week with you guys and talking about a movie like that.
1: Absolutely. But any final thoughts?
2: No, no. Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, go into it just, like we've been saying, just to enjoy a movie.
0: Yep. Yep. Seconded. Seconded from me.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Thank you so much. And you know, I really appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys go and listening to the show with a good mindset as well. I hope we entertain (laughs) you, and I hope you guys like the discussion. And I hope you guys appreciate it. I know sometimes we go on these tangents, but I feel like that's the best part because you know we're talking about a film, and then we kind of go on a tangent. That's part of it. And I feel that's like the best because it kind of sparks even more discussion and hopefully cr- helps you or makes you critically think. And maybe you want to talk about talk about it with your friends or family, whatever. I'm just happy that we're here doing it just like Derek said. But yeah, thank you guys so much. And now the shameless plugs. Go ahead, Beth.
2: Um, As always, I, I host a podcast called You've Never Seen? Question mark, exclamation point. Where I discuss films that I I myself have never seen, or uh, my my um, guest has never seen, but is considered a movie of, of pop culture cinematic history. Um, so so yeah, go and check out that that comes out on the first of every month. Um, and it's a fun little ditty.
0: Yep, and then uh, we've also got a Patreon. Um, so if you guys want to check us out on patreon.com slash undercast company, uh, we have some exclusive episodes for our undercast film club there. We're always adding new ones. I've got some co- a few ideas that I want to throw out um so you might be you guys seeing a couple more episodes of that um sometimes i put up the episodes of underrated early there so you guys can get those sometimes as much as a week in advance or more and then we've of course got our instagram uh, i've got my other show gateway episodes uh, speaking of patreon where once we hit our patreon goal i'll start to release season two of my tv podcast gateway episodes i'm currently recording that and working on that and as far as this show goes um, we also are going to be kicking off after this. This was a earlier movie than we like when we usually talk about. I feel like we have been most of the films we talked about have been from the 21st century. Um, so with that in mind, uh, our next mini series that we're doing is going to be called the Vintage Collection, where each of the three of us are going to be picking a movie from before 1970s, so pre-Golden Age of Hollywood, and talking about these movies from the past that are underrated. Um, so. I went a little bit into the past, with this one in the 80s, we're going even further back. So we are picking those right now, so get ready to, to uh, get in the time machine and listen to uh, us talk about some older, maybe forgotten films uh, that are going to be uh, in uh, starting uh, pretty soon. Awesome. Well,
1: I'm excited for that. I'm really excited <laughs> for that. I have to figure out because my favorite old movies are from the 80s, so now I'm like, all right, I have to go... Even further back, so I'm like, all right, how am I going to figure this out?
0: It's been a challenge for me too. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, and a lot of the older stuff that I like is stuff that's all really popular. So I'm like, you know, definitely delving into some things that have been on my letterbox list for a while that are maybe a little bit more uh, less respected or you know, for definitely stuff that has been forgotten. Maybe some stuff that's maybe only represented in that Criterion Collection or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. But um yeah, yeah check where any updates.
2: I, I grew. I was raised on these movies.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too.
2: <laughs> oh no no no! I was raised on like 1920s, 30s, 40s movies. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I'm ex-
0: Ariel has a cool pick that I'm really excited mm-hmm. for. So, but yeah. Uh, so any information about that, you know, just follow us on all our socials, Undercast Company, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, but until then, um, I will see you guys later.
2: Bye. Thanks for being amazing.
0: Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one.